This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta. Online at AudiAugusta.com. Hi, and welcome to the Augusta Golf Show podcast. I'm John Patrick. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a very long time. It's rare when you get 30 minutes on the phone with Jack Nicholas. Doesn't really need much of an introduction. Winner of 18 professional major championships. He was a golf's player of the century last century. He, of course, is golf's greatest champion, World Golf Hall of Fame member. He is the founder of the Muirfield Village Golf Club and the creator of the Memorial Tournament presented by Nationwide, which is celebrating its 45th anniversary this year. That's what I want to talk to Jack about. So um, it's great to have him. How are you, Jack? I'm doing great. No, 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 no problems. More importantly, how's Barbara? More importantly, you're absolutely correct. She's doing fine. Good. Um, I want to thank you for dedicating the time to this because I wanted to spend some time talking about the memorial. And, and I've heard you tell the story that the genesis of the golf tournament began here in Augusta, 1966, that, that you wanted to create for your hometown, Columbus, something similar to what was here in Augusta. But, but here's my first question, Jack. What was the Masters like? in 1966 i know what it is now and how big it is now was it was it as big in the 60s what did you see that you wanted to kind of recreate well john it was was just a little small town event you know you know about about, about 150 people attended it no (laughs) no the masters hasn't changed john it's just it's just it's just grown a little bit uh back then they had you know same crowds and same thing they have today uh, the same uh, feeling from the players. Uh, I don't think the Masters has changed a bit from that standpoint. I just thought the Masters, is, uh, you know, what they did at Augusta with what Cliff Roberts and Bob Jones did was, you know, and they always talked about being a service to the game of golf. And, you know, they didn't structure the Masters as a major championship. They structured it as a tournament. Otherwise, it would be called a championship. And, uh uh, I didn't want to do. I wanted to do a similar thing there to, at, at, at Muirfield. I didn't want the Memorial Tournament to stick out like it's a, uh, you know, like a U.S. Open. I just felt there were there were, uh, you know, back to Masters Ed was uh, uh, the invitations came from uh, the U.S. Open, the British Open, and the PGA Championship were the basis for their invitations, along with uh, players who won tournaments and things like that. So. Uh, the Masters didn't try to make a big deal out of themselves, uh, and I didn't want to make a big deal out of us. Uh, so, you know, the 66 was a year that uh, uh, two, four friends of, of Barbers and mine were coming to Augusta and got killed in a plane crash. And uh, we, we had a lot of time that week just to sit around and talk and reminisce and sort of reflect upon what was going on in our lives and how short life really was and what we wanted to do in life and what was, what was more important, uh, you know, what were the important things in life. And we, as we got there, we started talking about wouldn't it be wonderful to create something back in Columbus to give back to the, to the city and town and area that gave me so much, uh, where I grew up, uh, to, uh, bring golf outside of, outside of about, Six high state football games a year. There wasn't much 
going on in Columbus at that time. And uh, the, uh, you know, it was just, it was just my way of trying to give back to the game of golf and do it through a golf tournament. And so uh, we started talking about it and uh, we started looking for land. Uh, Ivor Young was a fellow I was talking to. Ivor was a good friend of, of the, the couple that got, uh, four, well, two of the four people that got killed. And uh, we, uh, uh, we started looking for land. We found land and uh, uh, we, it happened to be land that I'd walked as a kid with my dad. And uh, the, uh, we, got, we got started and finally started construction of the golf course about 1972. I mean, I went through a lot of ways to get it done. I mean, having to buy it, having to afford it, having to uh, uh, do a public financing on it. Uh, there were all kinds of things that I did to try to get this thing going. And uh, we started the first tournament. And, well, we did open the golf course in 74, had the first tournament in 76. So it was 10 years later after that, uh, that, that, that talking that, that we sat down at Augusta in 66. But, but, but in 1966, you're 26 years old. You're still, it's early in your career. You're still, you know, you're still trying to make money for your, for growing family. Did you have any idea how big this idea was? Well, I, I started to, when I started trying to assemble the land, hmm. uh, Mark Cormick, who was managing me at the time from IMG, Mike says, what are you doing? And I said, I'm trying to assemble some land. He says, why are you doing that? I said, because I want to. I says, I think it's a thing that I want to do. And he says, it's absolutely the dumbest thing you could ever do. I said, well, that, that is your opinion. Because, I mean, basically, you know, all, all managers are interested in this money. And I was, I was spending money and putting myself in debt to do something that I thought was good for Columbus and good for the game of golf. And that was more important to me than, you know, I knew that I had the opportunity to uh, create uh, income. Uh, I could do that through playing and through endorsements and do a variety of things. I mean, at age 26, I'd won, uh, what did I do? I was, I'd won two Masters, won a U.S. Open, won a PGA, and uh, uh, later that year I won the, the British Open. So, you know, I wasn't worried about my ability to, to uh, create income, I was, I was trying to figure out what what was I going to do with it, uh, and uh, uh, you know, trying to help something that I uh, that I loved, and that was the game and and Columbus. You know, you mentioned it was land on which you uh, hunted with your dad. What was I've I've been there numerous times. I know what Dublin is like today. What was was it even Dublin then? What was it like back then? Well, Dublin was a little you know, might call it a one horse town. Uh, it was a a crossroads with probably, I don't know, very small, probably, uh, I don't know, I, mean, I would say there's less than 500 people. Uh, they, uh, when, they, when we did Muirfield, the city of Columbus brought city and water around Dublin. They just skipped Dublin and put it in Muirfield, and then we sent city and water, or water and sewage, back to Dublin. So we were actually... Uh, uh, you know, picked to grow bigger than Dublin. Hmm. And, but then, of course, we became part of Dublin, and Dublin's been terrific. The people have been very, very nice. It's grown into a, grown into a pretty good-sized pretty good sized town, and uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's 
it's a very thriving little community now. When when you were buying the property, Jack, was it one of those stories to where you kind of had to stay in the background because if people knew what you were doing and your involvement, that that prices would go up? Ah, uh, semi. Uh, you know, it was I, not really. I you know I wasn't that well known then. I mean, the first the first hundred and fifty acres that I bought was uh, I guess the area where the uh, clubhouse is and the first and uh, second, third holes are, and that was called the Flowers property. And then I bought another hundred acres called the Trzeski property, and uh, that was up, that t- took me up uh, through five and six, and and, and got me up to uh, uh, nine holes in there. And then I really wanted enough land to do the the back nine, and uh, at least that's the way I was looking at it. And it turned out there was a piece of property, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of the name of the people that owned it, but it was, anyways, I think it was 1,160 acres that I bought from a group in Cincinnati, and uh, I had to buy all of it. I was really interested in getting enough for a golf course and some parking. I didn't care about housing. I, that was the last thing I wanted, And but to do it, everybody kept saying, Jack, he says, you have no way to pay for this. you got to let the housing pay for what's going on. And I said, well, you know, okay. Well, anyway, so I ended up assembling, I think, 640 acres, or 1,640 acres. Hmm. And uh, then, uh, so I tried, I, I tried to figure out what to do with it. And I had a, a fellow that I knew from uh, high school and college, a fellow named Putt Pierman, came along and said he thought that he would like to help me get the thing going and started and he wanted to be involved with me in my business and uh, we went down and we got a, we did a public offering from the Ohio company in Columbus which is really controlled by the Wolf family who who is the newspapers in town and basically they sort of run the city of, they sort of run Columbus mm-hmm. have Columbus for a long time and the uh, uh, we did this a public offering for uh, I think it was nine million dollars, we did a public offering. I mean that was and that was to build, do all the infrastructure for development, and build the golf course and clubhouse. Uh, I spent two point four million uh, doing the golf course. I uh, didn't couldn't do the clubhouse out of it. That was lotted two point four for the golf course. Uh, and then then I made a deal with the developer, the guy who was my partner. I said, look, I'm not interested in the development. Uh, I'm interested in the golf tournament and the golf course. And let's, uh, I'll, let me take the golf course part of it, and you can have the development. Okay, well, we did, we did $9 million development, 2.4 for the golf course. The rest went to the development. I made a deal to uh, uh, trade the golf course for the development. So I ended up with about... Uh, uh, 188 acres, I think it was, with the golf course was going to go on. Uh, I then uh, uh, proceeded to uh, build the golf course. They started doing the infrastructure around of it. And I've never really had any control over the development. Uh, unfortunately, I wish I had. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to have controlled what kind of houses, how far the setback was, and so forth. I didn't have that control. And but I think the people have been fine. Not, it's not been a bother at Columbus. It's, 
it actually worked very well with us. And the uh, anyway, I built built the golf course. Then uh, started a membership, and from the membership built the clubhouse, and uh, uh, off we went. So, was there ever another? It's, it's Muirfield Village. Was there ever other names considered? Uh, we had lots of. We call, we're going to call it. Uh, I, I don't even remember what we, we had. We had uh, several other names that I can't remember what even what they were. But to me. Uh, uh, Muirfield stood out to me mm-hmm. because I had won the British Open at Muirfield on a place that I really wasn't supposed to win on and not many people thought I could win on. I was really very proud of that and I loved Muirfield and I thought that it was I thought it was a good name. I didn't want to name it Muirfield. I wanted to name it Muirfield Village, which is what we did and Muirfield Village Golf Club. The whole community is, is Muirfield Village and uh there's a golf club there, and then they built a, a country club there, and then uh, there's another uh, was another golf course called, called Riviera, which is not there anymore. They've taken that for development, but uh, it's uh, it's pretty good, pretty good little community. But no, we didn't. Once I got the name Muirfield Village, uh, I pretty much stayed with that. All right, so so now you're going to start the golf tournament, and and I've heard Jack that. Um Joe Dye was helpful when it came to some of the particulars about the tournament. How how did he help? Well, Joe was commissioner then, and uh, uh, I had had previously when Beeman was commissioner, uh, I he wouldn't he wouldn't give me the dates because he felt that was preferential treatment, and so I went we we went and played three tournaments at in Cincinnati at Kings Island, and then we switched came from Kings Island. To, to Muirfield, that's how we got the date of around Labor Day. And so Guy then became commissioner. Joe came in. He walked the property with me when it was uh, just mud. And uh, uh, we talked about what to do. And he said, you know, Jack, nobody has ever uh, honored the golfers of the past. Uh, wouldn't it be great to sort of honor the great golfers of the past? I said, you've got... You're, you're having the tournament around Memorial Day, memorializing them. Uh, it all sort of tied together. And so Joe was very big with, big on helping me form the Captain's Club, which has been our guiding light. Uh, Cliff Roberts was uh, virtually my first member. Uh, Cliff Roberts was fantastic. I mean, he told me, Jack, he said, you've got an opportunity to do in 10 years what it's taken us 40 to do in Augusta. And he said, uh, my books are open. Anything you want from Augusta, it's yours. He was fantastic. And, of course, I, my other captains were, uh, you know, Joe Dye was one of my captains. and uh, I had Chick Evans and uh, Gene Saracen, Byron, Byron Nelson. Uh, oh, presidents of the USGA president. Former presidents of the of PGA of America, captains of the RNA, uh, former ben, former presidents of the United States. Yeah, Ben Crosby, Bob Hope, uh, Gerald Ford, uh, George H. W. Bush. Uh, yeah, we've had we've had a fantastic. Sean Connery was one of our original captains. Uh, you know, we've had a very big cross section. We've had uh, you know several women with. Uh, uh, 
Peggy Kirk Bell and uh, uh, Carol Semple. Uh, let's see, we got now we got uh, Julie Engster and Judy Rankin. So you know we've had a variety of the LPGA, the PGA, the RNA, uh, the USGA, all put together to try to create a golf tournament that benefits golf. And they've all supported it. Every year we have a captain's club meeting and we have uh, Jay Monahan comes and uh, Mike from the USGA and uh, the, uh, we have uh, television, which is Lance Barrow. We have uh, Mike Waugh from the LPGA and uh, Seth Waugh from the uh, uh from the PGA, they all come as advisors to us. And they all come and advise. And we end up with a, a lot of subjects we discuss about the game of golf. We've created several position play papers that we've sent to the USGA or the RNA that we've tried to, to help promote the game of golf. They've given me the guiding light in the tournament. They do the sponsors' exemptions. Uh, they, they perpetuate their own membership. They select the honoree. Uh, I'm not a member of the captain's club. I just sort of officiate it, and it's a it's been a, a terrific organization. And the uh, I think the tournament has great benefited greatly because of them. Let me talk about the tournament a little bit. You have the first one. Uh, Roger Maltby wins that, and then and then and then you win the second one. At, at when you're you had to want to do that, Jack. I mean, when you're starting this golf tournament, somewhere deep down, you had to think, yeah, I, I, I want to win this thing. Oh, of course I wanted to win it, but I, I want to win everything I played in. <laughs> I, I didn't want to win. And uh, uh, when I won in 77, uh, you know, I was about uh, picking up cigarette butts, paper, uh, trash on the golf course, directing this, directing that, answering questions. Uh, running a golf tournament and playing at it, I think it was probably my most satisfying and difficult win I've ever had in my career. It was 1977, winning the Memorial Tournament. Um, let me talk a little bit about the golf course. Uh, I, from the first tee to the 18th green, Jack, is it is it your best golf course? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I never uh, I never answer that question. I always say it. You know, who's your favorite child? And, uh, you know, I've got th over 300 golf courses that I've done, and they're all my favorite children. I think I've probably spent more time and effort in the Muirfield Village than I have in any other one. And I think Muirfield Village is, uh, as a tournament golf course, uh, as a member's golf course, uh, is, uh, you know, very successful and very, and very good both ways. And so, uh, uh, you know, I've changed it. Matter of fact, this year, I'm totally tearing the golf course up this year. Uh, we haven't ever changed the fairways. The fairways are 100% Poania. We're going to get rid of Poania this year, redo the greens. The greens haven't, uh, we, we used a mix in the greens about 30 years ago that uh, when we, we did not change it the first time. It was too round. We can't get them to compact. They're usually too soft in the springtime. We need more of an angular uh, mix. Uh, our irrigation system is getting to, uh, you know, it's close to being wanting to get changed. So 
I'm going to redo the whole golf course. I did some of it before the tournament, and uh, now I'm going to do the rest of it after the tournament, and we'll do it all in about six weeks and uh, be ready for next year. So so the, the pandemic and getting a late start on this isn't really going to hurt the timeline? I don't think so. I think we've, uh, we, did, we did all the fairway bunkers prior to the tournament that we're going to change for next year. I, I changed to I narrowed the sixth hole quite a bit, narrowed the seventh hole. Uh, let's see, I lengthened uh, three tees at 11, 15, and uh, uh, eight. Uh, I, let's see, I put bunkers, changed the bunkering at 10, changed bunkering at 11, uh, changed the bunkering at 13. Uh, I didn't get, didn't get, didn't have time yet. The bunkering done at 17. Uh, you know, a lot of things we did before the tournament. Okay. Now, and so you know, we're, we're, we're gonna, it's gonna, people are going to love what I'm doing. You know, you mentioned that you've spent a lot of time at Muirfield Village, but but as an architect, you sort of believe, don't you, Jack, that that a golf course isn't static. A golf course evolves. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I believe. I think my philosophy came to a large degree from Augusta, in that Bobby Jones liked. Bobby Jones liked second-shot golf courses. Uh, he, that's why you had so much room to drive the ball in Augusta. And you put the ball on the wrong side of the fairway, and you've got a more difficult angle. If you put it in the right side of the fairway, you got an easier approach. And I, and I, and I thought sec, golf as a second-shot game is more exciting and so allows you to get a little freedom to drive the ball. So that's what I've done at, at Muirfield. Uh, I've got... Uh, as time goes on, I've, I've uh, lengthened it a little bit, not not extremely. I haven't really taken it out really much. We're about 30, 73, 15 hours, something like that, maybe 7,400 yards. And uh, the uh, but the, uh, the fairways have narrowed over time a little bit, uh, but you still have plenty of room. It's it's a fair fair test. Uh, it's uh, yeah, all golf courses evolve. You can't. They stay the same, but uh, you know they, they get pretty stagnant. I mean, good gracious, look at the look at the evolution of Augusta National. Yeah, um, where did the whole milkshake thing come from? I have no idea, except that they they like milkshakes at Beerfield Village, and uh, you know I don't know how many we do, but I think that last year was eleven hundred and some milkshakes at the tournament. The Buckeye the Buckeye milkshake's pretty special. Yeah, I guess it is. I, Oh, come sure on. I, I'm not sure I ever had one. Oh, Jack. I'm a, I'm a vanilla malt guy myself. Okay, all right. And, uh, but, uh, no, the guys like it. Uh, they make any milkshake you want, any flavor you want. It's fantastic. And uh, I try to limit myself to one a week. No, <laughs> Who limits you to one a week? I limit myself. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, you know, you've come a long way toward this goal that you had back in 1966, bringing something impactful to, to your hometown of Columbus and the surrounding areas. But you've done it with help. Talk a little bit about the relationship with Nationwide. Well, okay. I, let me start off first. I had, I, I had three fellows help me to start with. That was Ivory Young found the property. Yeah. Bob Hogue, who was a very, very, very close friend that I had, uh, worked with me. And then Pandel Savick, who was our general chairman for a long time, Bob was the chairman of the club. So anyway, those guys worked. 
<clears throat> we had several sponsors through the years, and and Nationwide uh, Children's Hospital has been our beneficiary since day one. So when we uh, were looking for a new sponsor about, oh, I guess, I don't know, it was maybe eight or ten years ago, uh, Nationwide was was sponsoring the uh, secondary tour on the tour at that time. It was a Nationwide tour. And so uh, we talked to him. I said, would you be interested in coming here? He says, you're a Columbus-based company. Uh, you believe you love golf. You're interested in the same things that I'm interested in. Uh, would you be part of it? And they came back enthusiastically and said yes. So they've, they've been our partner now. And uh, we're, uh, I think our, our agreement extends for another couple of years. I think we're working on an extension now which they say they obviously want to do. Uh, but they've been a terrific sponsor. And, of course, their focus is on Nationwide Children's Hospital. And we have been, we focused on that hospital from day one also. So uh, our, 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 we're, the stars are aligned, and uh, we've done very well together. But, I mean, but the, you know, if, if your goal was to bring something back to, the, to your hometown, there's got to be some satisfaction there. You, you know, you've done that. Absolutely. I mean, we brought back, not only we brought back uh, the golf tournament, we brought back a, a local sponsor to be part of it. Uh, I think we probably sell uh, more tickets. Uh, I know we sell more tickets than any tour tournament, and actually probably more than most of the majors uh, as individual tickets. And that's what we've sort of uh, worked on through the years. Uh Felt like that, uh, you know, corporate sponsorship comes and goes, but uh, uh, sponsorship from individuals from all over the country uh, will stay with you, and that's that's where we've focused. Do we have corporate sponsorship? Yes, but not 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 to the degree that a lot of tournaments do. Well. Um... I can't thank you enough. Uh, it's a lot of time on your part, and I deeply appreciate this. As I said in the beginning, I just, I just wanted to kind of spotlight the memorial. You come on the show, and we talk about a variety of different things, but we don't really spend the time necessary and needed to, to kind of spotlight uh, this golf tournament that means so much to you, your family, and, and, and all of the folks in, in central Ohio. Um, you know, I wish you all the best. I wish you health and... Uh, you know, and, and give my best to Barbara. I sure will, John. Nice, always nice to talk to you, and uh, uh, thank you for uh, looking at Muirfield Village and the Memorial Tournament. Uh, it's uh, it's something that I love very much, and been a big part of my life, and will continue to be so. So, thank you so much. <laughs> 